Well, hello there, and thanks for tuning in to HC Conversations, a podcast where we have discussions around faith, life, politics, and more, and how to navigate those things as a follower of Jesus. You'll also find audio from weekly messages at Hope Community. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Let's jump in. Well, I hope everyone is ready for this because we are back with another episode of HC Conversations. Booyah. Booyah. I don't think people have said booyah like in the last 20 years, but Paul just said booyah. So booyah, we are ready today. Before we jump into today's content, um, we were both feeling a little bit feisty this morning as we record this, a little just annoyed by some things, Um, some things that just grind our gears. I don't know if you understand that reference. Uh, Find it till you grind it. Grind it till you find it. (laughs) Find it till you grind it. You can do whatever. Yeah, you can grind them. Or uh, there used to be... um, on uh, Family Guy, there was this little skit with with Peter, and he would do this little thing. Says, "You know what really grinds my gears?" And he just talk about things that just annoyed him. I can't believe that you watched Family Guy. I was a heathen. You were. Um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about some things. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna move on. I'm still a heathen. Uh, that grind our gears. That just we're like, really, really. I, this, we came in Monday. It's Monday morning to record this, and sometimes it's just our Monday morning rant session. One of these days, we're seriously just gonna turn the mics on and rant. I mean, it's kind of what we do. But it's a little. Uh, we, we, we try to make it a little more filtered when we're recording. I think, <laughs> I think rant is not quite the right word. Okay, lament. Lament is better. Yes, yes, because it's not just ranting. It's like, oh, people were missing the point. Right. Especially as uh, like Christians were missing. Rant the point. is what you get on talk radio and on pundits on yeah. major news networks on social media. That's yes. ranting. And uh, social <laughs> media. <laughs> Which speaking of social media. What I gr- saw this. <laughs> Here's what grinds this is Paul's a great, ears. <laughs> great segue. So I saw this shared the other day on Facebook. Uh, the <laughs> the headline of the article says this. It says Venezuelan warns U.S. socialist destruction starts with tearing down statues and censoring everything. That is the title of the article. That's a really long title. This is bad writing. <laughs> this is by uh, CBN News, so the Christian Broadcasting Network, which was founded by Pat. Robertson. Hey, fundamentalist. Fundamentalist. Hey, moral uh, majority. Moral majority. Yeah, one of the big you, leaders. You know he what we're talking about? Listen to the last couple episodes. Uh, considered to be a, a court evangelical, so one of like Trump's inner circle of religious leaders that he relies on heavily. So uh, you probably can guess the slant of this article. Um, but it's interesting that this, it, so underneath their logo says the Christian perspective. Um, what I gather as I read through this article is that it's more trying to instill fear, which um, Christians are not supposed to do that. We're called to walk in love and the fruits of the Spirit. I just want to say that's interesting um, that they love, call Love, joy, the peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, and right. not spread things that yeah. spread fear. Um, but ju- the article just starts out, a Venezuelan activist. Okay, so just very bra- very vague. Totally. A Venezuelan source. activist is warning Americans that the torching and toppling of historical statues could be a sign of what lies ahead. Loss of our country to a devastating idea like socialism. Be afraid. So, be very like, afraid. First of all, like, when is like Venezuelan, <laughs> Venezuela a reliable source? Like. <laughs> For information, like when do we trust Venezuela? We trust as them politically <laughs> as a Paul, country. Don't you know, we trust them when they support what we already think. Right, <laughs> but then it goes on to talk about activist Elizabeth Rogalini, um, and doesn't really give any credentials other than that she's a Venezuelan activist. But you know, she goes on to point out that 
you know, she grew up in Venezuela and saw them toppling the statues and didn't really think anything out of, of it. And then boom, Chavez. And then just like that, just boom, Chavez. Boom, Chavez. We went from statues to Chavez. And that's what's coming to America. And yes. So the, the point, uh, the underlying message of, <laughs> of this article is vote Republican because the Democrats are toppling our statues. Um, and Chavez will be our and Chavez, president. And, and <laughs> we all know that the Democrats want socialism. It is, it's just be afraid. Be very, it, very, very be afraid. afraid. Um, just, and so it, it's just sad yeah. um, that really this sad. is what's being propagated by Christians. And th- see, this is where I'll say too, this is, this is where we move from ranting to like more of a lament. Cause right. here's how I want to comment on this is what I want to say is don't write me off as soon as you hear this. I'm not talking to you, Paul. I know you won't. I'm talking to whoever's listening, right? Who might be listening right now. There's this big, big fear of like, Oh no, socialism, like be afraid. And I just kind of want to say like, what's what, what is so scary about socialism to a Christian? Okay. Like, I get if you don't think that's the best, you know, economic system, if you think mm-hmm. it's got its downfalls, but there's nothing as a follower of Jesus that should make me afraid of that, where right. I should be like, oh, no, my world is going to fall apart. And so I have to fight against this um, because, again, the church, the kingdom of God, the message of Jesus has spanned 2000 years and it's seen things far worse than socialism. Right. I mean, socialism, capitalism, communism, Marxism, dictatorships, you know, monarchies, empires. Like, I mean, it's the, the systems of the world have no bearing on followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so if we're coming from this place of like, oh, no, we're so afraid, we're afraid, we're afraid. I, I, that's yeah. right. And that ignores the passage from passages from Jesus that says, fear not. And fear not. Um, I did not, did not give you a spirit of fear, but one of power and of boldness. Like, I did not give <laughs> you a spirit of fear. That's right. Um, uh, part Preaching. of my, just the frustration with articles like this is just like, let's consider the logic <laughs> behind the arguments that are trying to be made. That's asking a lot. I know. And that's, uh, we talked about this a little bit the other day that it just goes to show you some of the failings of our, educational system in the United States that has failed to teach people to think logically and to actually Mm -hmm. think it's taught us how to pass tests for schools to continue to receive their funding. Right. But it really hasn't created people that can think that can use logic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yep. So that was just something that I wanted to share. That's just made, makes you, like put your hand on your forehead and just go, ah, okay, come on people. Yeah, on so many levels. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I hope you uh, enjoyed that. Um, next, Phil, you wanted to share something. Yeah, I've, I've been a little annoyed the last couple of days uh, over all the coronavirus stuff um, and not specifically. COVID-19. COVID-19. Right? <laughs> if you don't know what we're referencing there, you're missing out. And I'm not even going to give you a hint. you got to figure it out yourself. COVID-19. I blow the wind of God on you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to blow. <laughs> well, that's probably going to hurt people's ears blowing into the microphone. Sorry about just blowing into your ears. Although it's not as weird blowing into your ears through a microphone as it is in real life. So there's that <laughs> for you. Um, anyway, I just, okay, so we're seeing like a, a jump in cases again, um, a, a big spike. Uh, like Texas is going through the roof right now. Florida's going through the roof right now. North Carolina, like across the U.S. Arizona. Like, Arizona, it's just like, whoa, massive spikes in numbers of cases. And, and I just, I don't understand the apprehension of people to like do 
I mean, even the smallest things that may inconvenience you a little bit, if it's going to help slow this down, mm-hmm. I, I, the, the big, the big hot button thing is a mask, you know, like, no, I will not wear a mask cause freedom and freedom and freedom. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't understand that logic. I mm-hmm. really don't. Um, I don't understand how wearing a mask is at all, uh, infringement upon personal freedom. Like no one's making you wear one at home. That right. would be an infr- infringement upon freedom. Uh, but it's, it's along the same lines. Okay. This is something for public safety. You've got to wear a seatbelt in your car when you drive. You've got to follow speed limit signs. Why? Is that an infringement on your freedom? I should be allowed to drive as fast as I want and not wear a seatbelt? Well, no, it's for the protection of other people. If you live like out on a farm and you have private property, you know, acres and acres, and you want to go take your farm truck and drive it without your seatbelt on your private property, you're welcome to do right. that, but you can't get on the road. It's like the same thing with the mask. It's like, hey, you're going to go out in public. You should wear one um, to protect other people. And whether you agree with like the science behind it or not, it's not hurting you, and it's not an infringement upon your freedom. And I'm going to make a lot of. I'm people glad you said the science behind it, that. not the politics behind it. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it is purely a political thing. Because if you're mostly on the right, uh, you know, you're pro-Trump, you're whatever. It's seen as like this is my this is my final stand. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna. <laughs> This, because wearing not wearing a mask is totally a hill worth dying on. You know what I mean? Right. Um, of course, on the left too, it's like it's the same thing. Like if you if you're not wearing a mask, you're the worst person ever. Uh, but what, what this gets me back to was a post, like a meme that was posted that I saw. That uh, let me let me just pull it up. I took a picture of it. I'm in the habit of taking screenshots of of things now on social media that we just need to talk about because it's just so falsely like, contrary to following Jesus. Here it was. It's like a, a danger sign. It says danger. You're being conditioned to view your freedom as selfish. You're hmm. being conditioned to view your your freedom, freedom. your personal freedom as okay. selfish. And was this shared by a follower of Jesus? Yes. Okay. This was shared by someone who claims to be a Christian. Okay. Now. The first thing I thought was, well, at its very core, personal freedom is selfish. <laughs> like, you're not being conditioned to view your freedom as selfish. Freedom is selfish. Right. <laughs> because at, at its core, personal freedom says, whatever I want to do and what's best for me, and I don't care how it affects you. Like, it's about me and my freedom. And so I'm just like, hey, if you're not a Christian, you can have whatever perspective you want. But if you're a follower of Jesus, anytime, if, if your personal freedom has the potential to harm someone else it's wrong right and i think the apostle paul actually talked about that (laughs) (laughs) and talking about eating food sacrificed to idols yeah like Like if it's offensive to your brothers or sisters don't don't do it it. don't do it but if it's not go ahead eat the meat that was sacrificed (laughs) at the temple of zeus yeah and so i I don't know i'm just like and and it's it's not that it's not first of all it's not it's not it's not a hill worth dying on no just wear a mask no just do it and and second of all that idea of just personal freedom is again antithetical to the good news of god's kingdom because there are certain strains of of theological thought in christianity that is very much about personal salvation it's just about me about me. and jesus me and god about me being saved from my sins it's a very american thing. it is a very american centric personal view. sins it's personal salvation it's personal relationship with jesus that ignores the historical and cultural context of the new testament also ignores the fact that when jesus saves us he doesn't save us to ourselves he saves us to a people and to a kingdom right it's it's more about the 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 body of christ the community of faith and not about 
you. Right. And when we read the New Testament letters, actually our English translations do a poor job of that because in English, what is the singular and the plural word for you? You. It's you. We should be saying y'all and yins. Right, right. We need some and y'all translations. We need all y'all, too. Like, what, when, like a there. lot of the things that Paul says in his letters, when he says you, he's actually talking about the entire church. It's right. plural, but because, again, we're so individualistic as American Christians, we're like, well, that's no, just me. It's just right. me. And let's just think about like Paul's letters. They were written to churches. They were meant to be read out loud to a group to of a people. a group of people. But yeah, so that's that. so much of what we do and how we live and how we view our freedoms and whatever, as American Christians, it's a lot more American than it is mm-hmm. Christian. It's a right. lot more about my personal individual rights, which is also why we'll bring it back into the, the, uh, the present. And you look at um, like what's going on now with like coronavirus and everything. The reason that the United States is like exploding in cases where places like South Korea have really, really done well. And Taiwan has zero new cases. It, they beat it right away. Is because we have this very individualistic, it's all about me and what I want to do versus those are very much honor cultures. What's good for what's good culture for as a whole. The collective, what's good for mm-hmm. my family, what's good for my people which is a much more biblical way of viewing it than it's all about me. <laughs> and I know that makes people mad, but I don't, I'm, I'm really beyond caring about making people mad. <laughs> I try to do it in a loving way, right? I'm not, we're not right. trying to like yell at people, but it's just like, Hey guys, when, if you're, if you're claiming to be a Christian and the way that you're living and thinking and acting is antithetical to the kingdom of Jesus, then we got to talk it. about that. <laughs> yeah, like just stop it. So that's, what's annoying me, especially because then it does affect me a little bit personally because we're seeing all this explosion in cases like a second lockdown is going to come. Right. And we haven't gotten back to church yet here at Hope Community. Yeah, we, and we really want to. And we're, we've got plans to do that. And I'm just thinking at the rate that people are going, because whenever the lockdown re- like lifted, everyone's like, I can just go back to life as normal. It's like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to still do all the precautions. Don't go back to life as normal. But now if there's going to be an explosion of more cases. Like, well, just kidding. You can't go back to church. Right. And just kidding. You know, school this fall with my son starting kindergarten. It's like, hey, people, again, stop thinking about yourself. Think about everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now my ranting is done. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. You're welcome. So that I was, hope that was therapeutic for uh, that you. Was, it was. You know, I just had to get that off my chest. And I figured this is a safe place to rant because mm-hmm. nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like our wives and a few people from our church so, so right. hey thanks if you listen to this right. but and, and spread spread the word yeah because you know share this podcast with your friends yeah. um and not just the website share it like through itunes yeah it's a lot easier to share it that way yeah <laughs> yeah and something some of y'all listen on spotify because you're not on you don't have an i device and we won't judge you for that well we might a little bit but <laughs> a little bit anyway so we're like 15 minutes into this podcast and we haven't even started talking about what we're going to talk about today. Well, we're going to talk about today is... Is... Drum roll, please. So you can prepare yourself to celebrate Independence Day. That's right. That's this weekend. This Saturday. Um, we're talking about, is America a Christian nation? We've kind of been on this theme for a couple of weeks. Last week, we took a break um, because there was more important things in the news that we needed to address. Um, but we're back to, uh, to kind of our series on religious right fundamentalism yeah part of a bigger series where it's like there's some a lot of stuff messed up some like idols that American just need smashed christianity and it causes a lot of people to have problems with faith or walk away from faith or want nothing to do with faith it's like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. right let's talk about some of that stuff mm-hmm. um and so we've been on within that series i guess a mini series on how 
faith intersects with politics and public life mm-hmm. in America. Right. And so today, talking about is America is America a Christian, a Christian nation? nation? Was it founded as a Christian nation? What do you think, Phil? Well, there's what I think now versus what I was always mm-hmm. led to think growing up. For sure. Because <laughs> uh, what I was led to think growing up, um, and not necessarily growing I don't know if it was growing up, because as a kid you don't realize this. Right. But I, I guess maybe like later in high school, early adulthood, in the church setting that I was a part of, was, oh, you better believe that America is a Christian nation, and it was intended to be a Christian nation, and... Here's our proof. Here's our proof, and if you disagree with that, well, then you're part of the problem. Right. Um, however, now, as I've gotten a little bit older and uh, I think grown closer to Jesus <laughs> and also have done some uh, study on my own as far as looking into just the founding of the nation and the history of, of faith in America and stuff, I would say, mm, no, I don't, I don't think that was the founding father's intent was to create a Christian nation. Right. And I, I would have the same experience, too. Um, you know, we were at the same church, so I kind of had some of that experience. Um, I remember going through something called the Truth Project, which at the time I thought was really interesting and really good. Um, and there was a, a section called the American Experiment. It was a two-part section. And they were giving the evidence for why America was a Christian nation. First of all, isn't it crazy that in like a church kind of curriculum— that there would be a section called the American experiment. Well, like how closely tied together have we made right. Christianity in America? It's in America. Um, and now looking back at that, I am just really shocked um, that we went through something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the, the people that, that taught that, uh, that started that, that program at the church really saw anything wrong with that. I I think that's what they always thought. It was like, well, yeah, this is what America is. And so this, we need to, you know, teach this stuff. I don't think. And definitely it wasn't a bad, you know, curriculum. There were, you know, some very good, you know, theological points made in it. Um, But yet looking at the organization behind the truth project, focus on the family, you also know that it is a, um, a bastion for the religious right. Yes. And very, much bias towards propagating that idea. And so this, uh, the truth project was more of a religious right propaganda piece than it actually was to teach Christian doctrine. Right. It was a particular version of truth. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I don't, I mean, I don't fault even, uh, you know, Christians who would hold that perspective or would have that kind of thinking or would even produce those kind of materials because it's like for so long, that's what's been, yeah, like that's that been message the just keeps getting ingrained. Like if you're a Christian, I mean, it's well because here America's a Christian nation. Um, we got to fight for our Christian values. We were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Yeah, you know, and so that leads to the moral majority and the religious right. Why? Because while we're a Christian nation and we've gotten away from that, we got to take America back to its Christian heritage. And so when that just gets told, you know, generation after generation, well, you, you just kind of just take it like, well, okay, this is what's true. Right. I think just as a, as a broader principle— we are foolish to think that either how we were raised or where we were raised doesn't have an effect on us. Right. Like to just think that I'm a blank slate and I've, I've made the decision to formulate all my beliefs like on my own. It's like, no, you haven't. Right. Like you think and believe the way you do mostly because of 
you know, the family you were born into, where you were raised, what part of the country, like all of those things have a factor. Um, and so I think, you know, that's part of this too, is being told America's a Christian nation, Christian nation, Christian nation. And so whenever you poke at that a little bit, like people get really, get really mad, get really defensive because right. I've been told my whole life that this is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but the evidence doesn't quite bear that out. No, whenever you start digging into uh, the founding fathers and history and relying on historians to do that and not people of a certain political bias. Right. Uh, people that uh, that's actually their job is to dig into stuff like this and to, to let history speak for itself and not use history to support a position. Um, the overwhelming evidence is that America was not founded as a Christian nation. Um, quite the opposite. It was actually the first secular government in the world because up until that point, no other government had a constitution that didn't mention any deity. Right. And, you know, you look you know, around the world, governments that were set up, like you said, they had a mention of a deity, but then that was also what, like, defined a people, right? And that's mm-hmm. why... Uh, you know, people talk a lot about, you know, um, how like nation states are responsible for, for wars because you're protecting national interests or whatever. Well, like hundreds and thousands of years ago, it was the same thing. It was just, you were fighting religious wars right? because, well, it was my religion that kind of set up, uh, my territory and what we believe. And so the United States was very much a, um, an experiment in that regard that said, yeah, we're not going to be founded on a particular religion. Right. Um, it was a result of enlightenment thinking that yes. cast off theology and the pursuit of rationalism and scientific knowledge, um, more so than, uh, religious principles. Um, now definitely there were religious principles at play. You know, you hear, uh, some of the founding fathers mention scripture, Yep, but that's because the culture broadly was influenced by Christianity. Correct. But not because the founders themselves were necessarily Christian. Right. Now, some of them absolutely were. Oh, yeah. Um, and some of them became Christian later yeah. on. And they, it's to varying degrees, right? Just like today, you have people who would claim to be followers of Jesus or Christians that are to different degrees Christian. The same was true then, right? You had some who were like, my life is all about Christ, and I am like, committed to following him and then others who are like oh yeah i'm a christian i go to church sometimes um and so i think i don't know I, we, we do this a lot of times and we we remove the human aspect from people of like okay people yeah the world looks different but the way that we interact with the world as human beings is largely the same mm-hmm. and so you know the founding fathers and the people of the nation back then it's the same thing as, as it related to following um so there is a Kind of, well, I guess I'm going to answer the question or ask the question: What was it that the founders really believed then? Okay. In in, in uh, the forming of the nation as it related to Christianity and everything else, and you talked a little bit about enlightenment thinking and reason and logic because that heavily influenced it. Um, so this is a book that came out several years ago called "The Religious Beliefs of America's Founders: Reason, Revelation, and Revolution" uh, by Greg Fraser, uh, and he, he talks about you know in uh, on both sides of this debate you have people on the more secular side who just want to say no like none whatsoever there was no mm-hmm. faith influencing uh, american Christ- or american uh, the american experiment the american government the founding of the nation um he says well that's not actually true because there is an influence of christian thought 
But then on the other side, you have people saying it was intended to be a Christian nation. He's like, no, that's not really true either. Um, and so this is a quote in an interview that the author is, is giving. He says, I think the reason that both sides are able to have followers, that is the extreme on both sides, uh, other than those who are just blindly following, is that uh, what I believe is their, is their real, that is the key founders, what their real theology was, was a mixture of Christianity and natural religion or deism and rationalism. They combine those three elements together in what I call theistic rationalism. Um, the term that this author coins for that religious belief system. They took elements of Christianity, elements of natural religion, and then using natu- rationalism, they kept what they thought was reasonable, was rational, and rejected what they considered to be irrational. And so if one wants to just look for, if, if one comes in with an agenda and one wants to demonstrate or prove that they were secularist, then they can find snippets in which they found um, in which they found what that way if one of those things was convenient. Uh, one can also find places in which they found uh, sound like Christian. So there's this idea as the founders had Christianity in mind, like because they were influenced by that, but also a natural kind of deism, just the way that the world works. That's mm-hmm. why like the broad use of like uh, endowed by their creator with right. certain inalienable rights, very broad, but then rationalism as well. And so if you pick and choose anything that some of the founders say, you can really support, well, yes, it's supposed to be a Christian nation, or no, it's not. Right. But when you look at the whole, it's like, well, yeah, there's some Christianese in there, mm-hmm. but there was never an intent right. to like found this thing on Christianity. And when you also look at what else they wrote, instead of just little snippets of, of it, when you look at the broader scope of, of the writings, um, you see that they never intended for America to be a Christian nation. Um, you found a quote by uh, by Madison, actually. Uh, are you talking about the um, the treaty? Yes. Okay, so this is the the, 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 the Barbary Treaty, I do believe, is what it was called. Mm-hmm. So uh, a treaty off the the Barbary coast for trading way back in the day in like 1797. Um, uh, about shipping lanes because there's like pirates attacking our ships. What, what a time to be alive, right? <laughs> Got to have Arr. treaties so that our ships are protected from the pirates. Um, and I'm going to butcher some of this language because it was from the 1700s, okay? So <laughs> And it was translated. Um, but this is under President Madison, 1797. This is a treaty made with... Um, it's a treaty of peace and friendship signed at Tripoli. Um Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, here's the pertinent part. (laughs) This is Article 11 of this treaty. As the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion, as it has in itself no character of enmity against the laws, religion, or tranquility of the Muslimen, and as the said states never have entered into any war or act of hostility against any Mohemian nation, I told you I'd butcher that, It is declared by the parties that no pretext arising from religious opinions shall ever produce an interruption of the harmony existing between the two countries. Mm. Like, basically saying, look, we're not a Christian nation, so you don't need to have reservations um, against going into this treaty with us because you think, like, we have different religious views Mm -hmm. than you. It's not going to be an issue. Right. And I think part of the reservation of the founders for not setting up the United States as a Christian nation Um, comes from coming out of 
England and the Church of England. Right, they came from the a atrocities system. <laughs> that came with having a state church. You had the atrocities of the Massachusetts Bay Colony and Plymouth. Um, we get a sanitized version of that in school, but we're like, oh, yay, pilgrims. Yay, yay pilgrims. Religious so freedom. But no, they, they were very much about religious intolerance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you dissented in any way, you were burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hutchison um, was one very well-known person that, uh, yeah, was, was killed for her dissenting beliefs. Um, and so they, they saw those atrocities, and they didn't want to set up those things in the United States. So that's why there is a separation of church and state. There is no state-founded church in the United States. Our government and the, st- and the church are completely separate, yep. and that's a good thing. And that's something that Christians should want, is not the merging of both those things. And what's interesting is throughout the history of the United States, th- there have been like Christians who were absolutely grateful for that separation of church and state right. when it played in their favor. Mm-hmm. Um, but now when it doesn't, we're like, but we're a Christian nation. And it's like, well, wait, wait, wait. I, you, were, I, w- w- you can't have it both ways. Right. Um, you can't have separation in church and state when it's convenient for you, but not when it uh, goes against you. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good thing for everyone. Again, we're in a, we talked about this last week. This is a pluralistic society in the U.S. There are people of different faiths and different traditions and different values, and that they should all be protected. Right. Um, and, but and it comes back to this this idea: the reason or the way that some Christians want to get around that is by saying, "Yeah, but we were a Christian nation, so we should have." preferential treatment like right. christian values should be held up higher than other people's right and a lot of times um, one of the figures that christians will point to is david j brewer who was a supreme court justice and some of the cases that he um, wrote the majority opinion on um, one of them being and this is the most famous one that christians uh, that want to say america was a christian nation will point to um, so this is 1892, Church of the Holy Trinity versus United States. Um, it wasn't at all a religious case. It was about an immigration dispute. Um, and this is a quote from the European Journal of American Studies article. is called The Christian Nation Debate in the U.S. Supreme Court. And I just want to pause and say um, I was just surprised that there is a journal of European study. <laughs> European Journal of American Studies. How does that make you feel to be studied as like a unique little thing that people outside the United States are studying us? Um, So this comes as a quote from from that article. It says, the issue was whether or not hiring a foreigner violated the Federal Contract Labor Act of 1885, a law passed by Congress that was designated to limit legal immigration and place restrictions on the ability of American firms to hire laborers from overseas. And so uh, Justice David J. Brewer ruled in favor of the church. And his reasoning was that the, the pastor that they had hired, who was from, um, from Great Britain, he was not a, an unskilled laborer. He didn't work with his hands. Rather, he was a skilled laborer. And so the law didn't apply to, to him. It wasn't about religious freedom. It was about immigration. But people will point to that to say that, you know, look, he ruled in favor of you know, religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't actually the case. Later on in 1900, so eight years later, uh, there was a case brought to the Supreme Court of La Haute versus New Orleans, uh, where a Methodist church challenged a city ordinance that allowed prostitution 
uh, in one area of the city. And Brewer, you would think if he wanted to say America was a Christian nation, he would have ruled on the side of the church. the church, but instead he didn't. He ruled in favor of New Orleans that they could have legal prostitution in this one city block. Um, Brewer also wrote around the same time uh, a book called, short book called uh, The United States, A Christian Nation. And uh, one quote uh, at the end of this one section where he goes on to, to try, try to figure out, okay, what does it mean for America to be a Christian nation? Um, he concludes this. He says, in fact, the government as a legal organization is independent of all religions. Our government is irreligious. And so here we have this guy that's propped up as kind of the champion for America being a Christian nation while we ignore what else he, he ruled on. And right ignore what he said as well yeah this is what we do with a lot of things like we find quotes from historical people that agree with our side right and we ignore things that don't it's like we'll look at the whole of it and get a better picture um yeah so there's a lot more that we could unpack Uh, i mean we could talk about patrick henry wanting an amendment to the state or to the net to the u.s constitution that provided funds for protestant churches um, and that was struck down. That was struck down. Because, again, there is a separation of church and state. We're not going to have a state-run church in the United States because we had that in England, and it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. We don't want that. We don't want that here. Um, I think we need to move now to, and you know, again, we want to encourage you to go and figure this stuff out. I mean, like, go and do the research, and not just from— don't just go to sources that you know already agree with your opinion. Right. Um, but look at multiple, I won't even say both sides, because there's like multiple angles. Because you'll go to one side, again, just like uh, that, that quote from um, Greg Frazier or whatever his name was, I forgot already, and I don't want to open the tab back up, uh, from the book that I, that I referenced, that on one side it's like extreme, like absolutely Christian nation. The other side, extreme. No, they want nothing to do with Christianity. It's like, well, usually in any argument, both extremes are wrong. So right go and, and read people from both sides, people from in the middle, and, and figure that out on your own. I think where we want to go now is tackle this idea of should it be a Christian right. And before we go there, I want to just add something. Oh. Um, so a, a good historian to to perhaps pay attention to is John Fia. Uh, John Fia has written several books, um, one called The Evangelical Road to Donald Trump, basically how did 78% of white evangelicals end up voting for Donald Trump in 2016? And he, he takes it, it from a historical perspective. And then there's one that he also wrote on the founding of America as a Christian nation. Yes. And so John Fia is an evangelical at a church, um, you know, sponsored school, college. And um, he's an interesting guy because he concludes based on historical evidence that America was yeah. not founded as a Christian nation. Right. He's an evangelical Christian and he's a historian. Like that's his career, right. his job. And he says that America is not a Christian nation. And then you have people, um, like I'm reading a book right now by Andrew Seidel. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it. It's called like the foundation myth. Um, but he's a constitutional attorney and he cites John Fia and yeah. he is irreligious. He claims no religion, and yet he's, a, you know, Quoting he's citing the work of this evangelical historian, and so that gives his work more credibility. Um, so I just encourage you to, to check him out. Um, so now, should America be a Christian? Right, because I think nation? there's there's two different questions here. I mean, you ask the question: Did the founders? 
intend for America to be a Christian nation? Um, I think historically the true answer to that would be no. no. I think there were Christian ideals that shaped the way some of the founders thought in terms of morality, but I don't think there was ever an intent for America to be a Christian nation. The other question then you have to ask is, is that even a good idea? Right. Like, I think we, I, I don't think one of the things that Christians ever ask in America as it relates to this of, are we a Christian nation or not, is should we be? Right. Right. Like, if that, even if that was the founder's intent, was that a good idea? Mm-hmm. Is that a, a Jesus-inspired idea to set up a country, a power of this world, a kingdom of this world, to somehow embody his, you know, Jesus's kingdom. Like, is that a good thing or not? Uh, and that's an entirely different conversation, right? Right. Because then when you, when you begin looking at, okay, what does the kingdom of God look like versus what do the kingdoms of the world look like, including America, as great mm-hmm. as it may be, like it is a, is an awesome place to live. It does not embody the kingdom of God. No. And so when you start blending the two together, is that a good thing? Right. Should there ever be an attempt to make a Christian nation? Well, I think, I, I think part of that, that, that problem and that blending comes from a misunderstanding of what the good news of the kingdom of God is, or the gospel of the kingdom. That's all the gospel means is good news. Good news. Um, you know, we, we've misunderstood what that is. And again, we've boiled it down to personal salvation and not necessarily to God's rule and reign. Um, we, we think that we can somehow bring the kingdom. And again, this goes back to um, dispensational theology and its influence on America. And then you have Israel in there too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You've got to have Israel. Um, so we, we think that we can somehow bring the kingdom. That is our job to, to do whatever we can to bring the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And that's a fundamental misunderstanding because Jesus brought the kingdom when he rose from the grave 2,000 years ago, yep. it was seen by eyewitnesses, he brought the kingdom of God. That's what his public ministry was about, was telling people, hey, look, the kingdom of God is here. It's now. Right. And so our job, our job isn't to bring the kingdom because it's here. Right. We can't bring the kingdom. Right. Our job is to live out its ideals. Right. The choice so, for us is, are we going to live as citizens of the kingdom right. or citizens of this world? Right. And our, our job is kind of like the, jo- the job of you know, John the Baptist that was prepared the way for the Messiah to say, look, the kingdom of God is, is here. Our job is to announce that, but also to live out those kingdom ideals in those right. ways. And one of the greatest ways that we do that is by the greatest command of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, so why, I mean, why should we try to bring the kingdom whenever Jesus already brought it? And it stems back to that misunderstanding um, you know, when we think that we can somehow bring the kingdom, then the ends justify the means because look, it's our job to, to bring the kingdom. So whatever way we can get there, we, sh- we should, we should do that. Um, it means that we don't have to love our neighbor because we can legislate that. Right. And, and if America's a Christian nation, then we got to enforce those Christian morality, that those Christian laws right. and rules and, if it hurts somebody else, well, you get with the program. You got to be a Christian. Right. Right. And it, this is, we're going to say this a lot. This is antithetical to the ways of, of Jesus. Yes. Um, because trying to legislate Christian morality and Christian principles, um, it's the easy thing to do. 
because it doesn't require us to, to get to know our neighbor, to actually love our neighbor, to wade into the messy middle. Um, it, it allows us to just stand back and to be um, I, I, I disconnected from people's problems, right. from their reality. To not have to step into the mess. Right. And, it, it, and that's not at all what we see Jesus doing. Right. It, it, it makes it really easy to go and, and say, like, vote a certain way and then feel really righteous. Right. Like, I did something to take America back right. to being a Christian nation. Right. Um, it's like, no, that was really easy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, let, let's follow the hard road of Jesus, which is, like you said, wading into people's mess. Right. Um, and, and trying to use legislation and political power is not the way of God's kingdom. His power is made perfect in weakness. Yeah. His power is, his kingdom isn't brought and manifest by us using the ways of the world, by using our power. Right. It's in those things that, that don't look powerful at all. Right. It, it, so I was reading, um, well, I was listening, but that still counts to a book uh, called Myth of a Christian Nation um, by Greg Boyd. He's a pastor, he's a seminary professor, um, and he gets at this idea where he compares and contrasts these two different ideas. That, that the kingdom, the kingdoms of this world, no matter what form it takes, whether it's so uh, this, whenever Phil says that the kingdoms of this world, of this I just world. think of the the passage from Isaiah, and then that translates into the Halloween chorus: <laughs> "The kingdoms of this world <laughs> will become." Stop it, Paul. The kingdoms of God. That was very nice. Stop it. Continue. <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying now. Okay, so you have the kingdoms of this world, and the kingdoms of this world take on all kinds of different forms, right? But the, the, the defining characteristics of the kingdoms of the world is power over. The way I accomplish things, the way I get things done, the way the world works is by taking power over other people. I take power over that, that group. I legislate power over that group. I, I enforce you know, my values, whether they're Christian or not, by, having, by being in a position of power. Whereas the kingdom of God is all about, no, the way you have influence, the way you change the world is by having power under someone. It's about coming under them and sacrificing and serving and loving. Um, and whenever we, we do this dance of, well, America's a Christian nation and we gotta force, we gotta force that, we have to power up and, and go from a position of power. Well, that's kingdom of the world thinking. Mm-hmm. That is, there's the word again, antithetical to the kingdom right, that's, of God. We keep saying, but that's, Babylon. It's Babylon. And, and I love the way he said this. He said, like, he's like, that. that's not the kingdom of God. That's just a religious version of the kingdom of the world. Mm, that's good. Right? Like, it's still the kingdom of the world, but we've put some religious veneer on it. Right. Because we, we've said, well, we're on the side of truth, and we're standing up. It's like, well, it doesn't, it's the whole, like, the, the ends don't justify the means. Even if you're trying to get to an end goal that seems like a good thing, it seems like something that is like a Jesus thing. If you do it in a way that doesn't reflect Jesus, it's not a Jesus thing. But Phil, this is a Christian nation, and so then the ends do justify See, the means. This is why the lie of it being a Christian nation is problematic, because it does allow you to do, well, if we're a Christian nation, then like, this is what it's got to be. It's got to be this way. Uh, and so, again, we can debate whether or not America was founded as a Christian nation. We don't happen to think it was. But whether or not that's something that's even compatible with the message of Jesus to have a nation that is, quote, Christian. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you honestly look at Scripture, like, those two things don't go together. Right. Um, 
and in fact, when you look at history, any time that there's been a, quote, Christian nation or where the church or people of faith have, have been in power and, and like, it's mm-hmm. been the same as government, it's always ended poorly. Right. It's always led to just massive loss of life and oppression of people. And then it's led to people who claim to be people of faith that aren't actually really following, right? It's right. just the civil religion. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it's the Holy, the Holy Roman Empire of, right. of the early, like, third, fourth, fifth century. I don't know how long the Holy Roman Empire right. went on for, right? Because then, again, again, it goes back to if our job is to bring the kingdom of God, then... Well, then America has to be a Christian nation yeah, it's the, because there's it's, no other way for us to bring the kingdom. Right. It's the Crusades. It's the Crusades. It's the Spanish Inquisition. Yep. It's, it's, it's the Church they, of England. It's, it's just a different type of crusade. Yeah. It is trying to, it is a religious version of the kingdom of the world. Right. It's power over, it's violence, it's the sword versus the kingdom of God is, it's the cross. Right. It's sacrifice. Right. And, and it brings up Gen- the beginning of Genesis 3 where... You know, I mean, the biblical authors are just so brilliant because they paint a picture of the human condition that whether you're religious or not, you can see this, that everyone gives in to evil's allure for power. Right. Even those that claim to follow Jesus. And so the question is, who's going to resist evil's allure for power and come under the authority of a different king? Yeah. So that's, the, that's basically the biblical narrative is who's right. going to get it right. Cause then we see that playing out and we see it today. Mm-hmm. Who's, I mean, we're using, you know, Christians are, are using political power for their gain, not necessarily for the gain of other people. And it's usually at other people's expense. And again, that's not the way that God's kingdom works. Right. <sighs> And there's just this blending. I mean, I guess we could, we could talk about all the different facets of this for a long time because, like, the blending of the idea of America and Christianity so closely tied together. I mean, the subtle signs are everywhere, right? This is why you go into churches and there's, like, there's a big cross and there's an American flag beside it. Right. And this is why, you know, maybe, like, it's, it's a holiday weekend. We were to sing patriotic songs as a part of our worship set. And it's like it just gets mixed together. Um and that that reflects on the church and reflects on Jesus around the world. Like there are people around the world who like hate Christianity because of what America has done. Right. And they've been told that America and Christianity are the same thing. It's like, no, no it's not. No. But it's, it's caused so much damage right. um, that, that's been like, I mean, generations, hundreds and thousands of years of this, like this being linked together. Um, some of the reason for uh, the um, the disdain and the hatred from in like Middle Eastern Muslim countries for America stems back to like during the time of the Crusades, the Crusades, Crusades, because it was, well these are Christians coming in and killing Muslims, and well now if America is a Christian nation, they're our enemy. Mm-hmm. It's like no, like no no nation gets to hold the title of we're Christian, right? Because um, nations can't be. Right. Nations can't be followed. Like that's what Christian means. It means you're like a follower of Jesus. A nation can't follow Jesus. People can follow Jesus. Nations can't. Right. And you know, Israel was a theocracy and they didn't get it right. No, it ended it didn't up work well at all. Ended up very bad. So oh, why why no, do we, we think do that? that we could do any better? Um so maybe maybe that's your hang up with Christianity. Maybe uh that's the reason why you walked away from faith is because you saw this disconnect between 
um, the religious right and what you read on the pages of the Bible. Um, and maybe you unnecessarily walked away from Jesus. And so I'd just invite you back to, to Jesus, to, to consider following him, not following a political system, not following um, the, the power of this world. And that goes for um, you know, those who are religious and non-religious that are using the power of this world for their benefit. I think that's one of the one of the lies that we will tell ourselves is that it really it's using the power of the world for my benefit or my country's benefit. But we'll say, well, it's just because we're right. They're wrong. wrong. Um, And it's like, well, when do we get to become the judge of that? Now, certainly there are instances where like one in terms of just humanity and how you treat people where one nation may do it better than others. Um, but that's a, that's a dangerous place to be where I am, I am like the judge of saying my view of the world and my country is, is better than yours because mm-hmm. again, we're, we're, we're Christian. Um, and we were talking about this before we started. <laughs> I mean, that's just so like imperialistic thinking. It is, Cause it's like, I mean, it goes, let's go back to this. America's a Christian nation. Okay. Like, well, show me the proof of that. Like at what point in our nation's history were was this country like ideally just imitating Jesus? Like was it was it whenever we first landed here and we said, "Hey, manifest destiny." God has blessed white Europeans, so murder the natives. Were we were we Christian then? Were we Christian when we brought millions of other human beings over from Africa and turned them into slaves? Were we were, that was that was that when we were Christian? Right, that must mm-hmm. have been it. Whenever our founding documents said that they're only three-fifths of a person, was that when we were Christian? Or were we, were we Christian? Okay, we, we abolished slavery, so were we Christian during separate but equal and Jim Crow? And, like, they're out. It's like there's not a, there's not a period in our nation's right. short history that you can point to and say, that's the golden era where we were actually looking like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then th- throughout history, though, like, we've had that, like, we're on the right side of, of history and as we were talking before we started this recording today, I'm like, yeah, but what we don't stop and think is, is when we're protecting our national interests, how many other people are dying because of that? Right. right? And I know that war is inevitable. It's part of the fallen like state of the world that we are in, but like we never stop to think. We just say, yay, we won and we're right. And we justify it because we're a Christian nation. It's like, I mean, you think of the wars that we fought as a country throughout history. You know, it started with the Revolutionary War and the Civil War and the, uh, you know, World War One, World War Two, like on and on and on. Do you know how many Christians were on the other side of those wars, thinking they were just as right and fighting for their country? I'm like, so, so we're murdering not only just people, but our brothers and sisters in Christ. And again, yeah, it's part of the fallen state of the world that we're in. But just to be so quick to go to this place that says, well, we're Christian. Right. And and so this, this is, is the this is the land that God has blessed, right? right? Like we were this Christian nation and to justify it. Uh, and that book that I was listening to, again, Myth of a Christian Nation, it's it's kind of dated, right? It was written in 2004. But it talks about um Desert Storm, right? And uh you know, we were it was like uh we got to fr- free the Kuwaiti people. And there was this this big like it was a sweeping victory and everyone's like, "Yay, we did so good cuz we brought freedom to this group of people." Um, and America experienced very few casualties. It's like, yeah, but what about all those other people that just died? Right. Again, because we'll go back to the religious right. If we're the pro-life people, wait, aren't those lives too? Like, isn't, isn't that? 
and, and then he brought up the point. And it's like, okay, but so if we're, it's this idea of political freedom because to Americans that's like the highest ideal. And that's what, we were, that's what we were bringing to Kuwait at that time. And it's like, yeah, but just a few years later, you had the Rwandan genocide where like between 500,000 and a million people were just murdered, uh, like uh, with the estimates. And we didn't get involved at all. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was talk of it. There was some pressure of it. But it's like, wait, didn't those people? Like, what about freedom for them? Like right. if we're the Christian nation, like where do our Christian ideals play in there? And so just to recognize that a lot of what we do, it's, it's not really about Jesus. It's no. about our national interests, mm-hmm. um, which is then what becomes counter to the ways of the kingdom because it's the interests of me and in, in what's best for me against you and what might be best for you. And that's always anti right. the kingdom of God. And again, it, it goes back to, you know, like the Roman Empire where might made right. Yeah. Like if you're more powerful, then you won. That was right. It was justified. We're taking power now just in the same form of Caesar. Right. Like we're just, and this isn't just a critique on like America. This is what powers do. This is what, mm-hmm. this is what governments do. This is what world powers do. This is, this is the story of scripture. Like every power that, that rose up is always painted as it's another Babylon. It's another Babylon. Don't like, don't give into it. It's, it's evil and power and oppression and violence, and it's good for some people, but it's horrible for other people. And it looks pretty. It's another Babylon. But don't do it. But don't do it. The, the only thing that's different that we're talking about is that in this American experiment, we've Christianized Babylon. Right. We've gotten in bed with Babylon. We, <laughs> we're sleeping with Babylon. <laughs> and it's... I'm Actually, that's a, that is a very, very, like, biblical picture. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, like... <laughs> The church is the bride of Christ, <laughs> but the bride of Christ is like, oh, sorry, honey, you were out of town. I got into bed with Babylon instead. And like, that's, that's the picture. Um, so, yeah, it's okay to love your country. It's okay to be thankful that you live here, but and we are, we are, but don't call it Christian. Right. We're, I'm, I'm thankful that we're not a Christian nation. I'm thankful for Christian influence in our nation. Yeah. I think but that, thankful a, for the separation of church and state. Yes, I wanna, because, again, I want to be able to worship Jesus how, like, fully how I know how to. Mm-hmm. I don't want a government telling me how to do that. Right. Like, that's a good thing. Separation mm-hmm. of church and state is a good thing. Right. Um, do you have anything else to add to that? I don't. I don't know. So, thanks for joining us. Yeah. I don't know if any of our thoughts made sense today. I think they did. <laughs> I thought it was good. Paul thought it was good. Hey, let us know if you thought it was. Maybe it took a roundabout wait to get to get there. Yeah, we did. We definitely did. But and I know there's some things that we wanted to talk about that we didn't get to. Right. And there's a lot of stuff that you know needs more unpacking, and that's yeah. where we you provide some show notes that you can do a little digging yourself. Yes. Um, hey, don't take our word for it. Right. We're not historians. We're not experts. Um, you know, we're journeying through this. A lot of this, just like you are. Um, but we want to, we want to bring you along on our journey. Our goal is to be like catalysts. Like we just want to spark something. So you think I need to check that out for myself. Right. Um, so yeah, do that. Yep. And we'll see you back here. See you back here next week. Subscribe, Subscribe. share, leave us a rating on iTunes. You can't leave us a rating on Spotify. Silly Spotify. Not yet. Not yet. So on iTunes and, uh, yeah, share it with other people. Yep. Okay, we're done now. We're done rambling. Happy Independence Day.